Hello, and welcome to Orchid Story, a podcast for women who have experienced a big event in their lives that divided it into the before and after. I'm Rachel Nussbaum, and I'm here to help you find meaning and healing through personal narrative now that your life looks different than the one you expected. I'm sharing stories from real life. The details may be different from your story, but the connection is universal. Hi, friends. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Orchid Story Podcast. We are on episode nine. What does it look like to choose abundance over pain? I'm going to focus on this idea of abundance for a couple of weeks here. Um, And today I'm going to start out with an introduction to what abundance is with a personal story from my own life. And then next week, I'm going to explore some of the strategies that we can use to increase our own capacity for abundance. I want to be sure to get in deep with this topic, which is why I'm expanding it out over at least two weeks. It's something I've been thinking about a lot in my own life and in my writing. I've been witnessing it with my students, and I want to bring it to you here on the podcast. I think it can be a really useful shift for us in thinking about how we deal with our stories and the struggle in our own lives. First, I want to explore what is abundance. This is my perspective. You may have a different one. I think it's important that we're on the same page as we get started with exploring this idea of abundance. For me, abundance is the ability to give and receive openly and freely. So both of those things, right? We have to be able to give and maybe we are giving of our time, our money financially, our energy. And some of us are really, really good at giving, right? Um, You probably know I'm writing and experiencing caregiving a lot in my life right now. And so that's all about giving. And then the other part of it is receiving. We have to be able to figure out how to receive. And this part may be harder for some of us, especially if you're a woman and especially if you're a mom. The idea of receiving doesn't come as easily to some as the idea of giving does. And so receiving is all about being open and saying yes It can be about money and about finances for sure, but it's not only about that. I've been diving into this idea of abundance from a book that I've been reading by a woman named Tosha Silver. It's called It's Not Your Money. I'll put the link in the show notes. I want to read you a quote about abundance from this book of hers. Again, this is Tosha Silver. She says, The power of constant incoming grace, the joy of receiving, the arrival of synchronicity after synchronicity, like crashing waves onto the sacred shore of your life, 
Now that is true abundance. I just love that. Those different elements of abundance. Grace, joy, receiving, and synchronicity. That is how I am thinking about and approaching abundance. I just finished my latest round of my group program, Sanctuary. I ran this program. It's an eight-week program with four women and individuals who identify as women. I ran it three times in 2019. I will definitely be running it in 2020. If you're interested in learning more about it, reach out to me and um, I will keep you on my list and update you as to when I'll be running it again. I just finished my last round, my last class of this latest round. And as I was witnessing these incredible women that I'm working with rewrite their stories, I had a realization. And the realization was in order to do this work of rewriting their stories, reframing their experience, They needed to cultivate a feeling of abundance in themselves. Like I couldn't hand it to them or tell them that they needed to do it. They needed to figure out how to cultivate a feeling of abundance on their own if they wanted to get through the pain to the other side where they're writing a new ending to their story. So they really had to rise above the details of the story the nitty-gritty of the story, to see it from a new perspective. And the way that these women did this, it was so inspiring for me. It was, I felt an enormous sense of freedom in the way that they expressed this to me. And I hope to bring you some of the women that I have been working with in Sanctuary Uh, both in my group program and one-on-ones soon to the podcast because it's so inspiring to hear other people's stories and I really want to bring other voices to this podcast. So stay tuned for that coming end of this year, beginning of next. The work of my students inspired me to write a story about holding on to pain too tightly So this idea of a lack of abundance and how we can shift from really grasping at our pain and over-identifying with it into this idea of abundance. So that's the story I am sharing with you this week. This is Donut Day in the Hospital Activities Room by me, Rachel Nussbaum. One year ago this week, I was living out of a children's hospital room in Boston as my seven-year-old son recovered from open-heart surgery. The physical recovery was shockingly swift. He went from the intensive care unit to taking a few steps to playing video games with dad in bed to discharge in a week. We were home well in time for Christmas. One morning after Griffin had been moved to the floor, chest tubes had come out and he was progressing well, 
we walked down the hall to the activities room. Word on the floor was that they had fresh donuts for the kids. I remember the view out the window of the activities room was breathtaking. You could see the city, the sky was blue, and we were admiring it when a little boy came in on a trike. Kids with serious heart disease often ride trikes or Hot Wheels around the wings of the hospital because walking wears them out. Wheels allow them to be mobile and have some independence. I turned to look at the little boy and was hit with a wave of recognition. I knew him. Well, knew is a stretch. I knew of his family from the Ethan Lindbergh Foundation, the nonprofit that had supported us back when we first stepped into the scary world of pediatric cardiology. We had been supporting the foundation ever since, and I had seen photos of this little boy, Dean, online. Dean was chatting happily with the staff, and his mom stood close by. Should I say something to the mom? It might feel weird to her, like internet stalking. How the heck did I know her kid, she'd wonder. But perhaps the reason I didn't engage with Dean's mom, Janet, was because the stark difference between Dean and Griffin was apparent. And truthfully, I didn't know how to handle it right then. Leaving the hospital was in sight for us. It was not for Dean. He had been living there for a long, long time. Griffin watched Dean for a minute and then turned to look at me. His eyes said so much. He was taking in the fact that Dean was sick that his heart was not doing well. He was admiring how cute Dean was in his heartstrong shirt that Griffin had back in his room too. He was reckoning with the really hard truth that some kids with heart disease, which is his kind of disease, don't get to go back home. He was wondering what that meant for him and for his future. I saw all of this in Griffin's eyes. I decided not to introduce myself to Janet It would have been a bit self-serving, and she didn't need another stranger's pity, even though I am a stranger who gets it a little bit better than most. We both left the activities room that morning, and Dean's presence has stayed with me ever since. I knew we were lucky to have such a short hospital stay without major complications, but after that morning, it felt like a heavy privilege. I was deeply grateful for the way Griffin was recovering, but my heart felt torn in two for the many families who had to stay there, no end in sight. I've held these conflicting thoughts since the first year of Griffin's life. At times, my mind ping-pongs from, I'm furious Griffin has to deal with this lifelong disease, to, we are so fortunate to have made it this far without lengthy hospital stays and complications, to, Why should other families have to bear so much pain and suffering while we go back to daily life? This broken record is not serving me and it's not serving the other heart families either. When we grasp like this and hold tight to our suffering, it perpetuates. I wonder if letting go will mean that I care less or that I can't see the burden of congenital heart disease. But letting go means that I can choose something else. I can choose to see the love of life emanating from Dean, and I can choose to see Griffin's courage in the face of adversity. I can carry these thoughts instead. 
I can set the pain free rather than wrapping my arms around it and not giving myself any room to breathe new air. I can choose abundance over attachment to pain. I can sit with the swell in my chest that I have Griffin here in my home, upstairs asleep in bed right this minute, while other moms have an empty room in their house that their child did not come home to. I can acknowledge the discomfort of this feeling and then let grace take over. I can send love out to the heart moms that have lost their kids and all the other people I know who are grieving and then give love back to myself too. I can rest in the comfort that love can be stronger than the pain. Now I want you to grab your journal or you can come back to listen to these uh, writing prompts that I'm going to give you later when it's a good time for you. Here's your first prompt. What did this story make you think of? Second one, when have you held on to pain? Three, what helped you let go? I would love for you to share your responses with me. An easy way to do that is over at Instagram. I'm at The Orchid Story. You can send me a direct message. You can also send me a voice recording by uh, clicking the link in the show notes for this episode. I'd love to hear your voice. And I want to offer another invitation to you. I know from the last, I don't know, five or so years that I've been writing my own personal stories that this is hard work to do alone. I have had a lot of support over the years. I have uh, seen therapists. I have participated in masterminds. I have shared my stories in workshops. I have attended retreats. I've done a lot of things. (laughs) And what I know is that it is really helpful to have a support person along the way when you are diving into the uh, work and the weeds of your story. When someone holds a loving and safe container for you to explore your story, you're able to make new revelations and experience more growth than you're able to do when you're trying to go at it alone. I would love to be the person that holds the container for you. I'd love to invite you to book a free consultation call with me to see if you might be a good fit for my sanctuary VIP experience. This is one-to-one story coaching. If you've been listening to the podcast, you have a good idea of what it might be like to work with me. So if this content has been resonating with you, I would love to see you over um, to book a consultation call with me. In the Sanctuary VIP experience, we use my Sanctuary Framework for Healing, which I have developed over the course of a couple years. It's now been tested several times, and it's amazing. Um, I, I so love this framework that my students have helped me develop. So the VIP experience is um, working with me one-on-one over four months with private calls. They can be via video or audio only or in person if you're in the Washington, D.C. area. And they happen every other week. 
And again, if this idea of increasing self-compassion, building resilience, finding new freedom and purpose sounds good to you, head over to orchidstory.com, click on book a free consultation call, and let's get on the phone together to see if we would be a good fit for working together. It's the time of year when we are buying like crazy and capitalism is at its peak with the holidays approaching. What if you were to invest in yourself in a new way in 2020? Doing this work is some of the most important work you can do for yourself and how amazing would it be to increase the capacity to love yourself and to make room for new stories in the new year, in the new decade. Give me a chance to chat with you about the Sanctuary VIP experience. Again, head over to orchidstory.com and click on book a free consultation call. And I will see you next week, friends. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening and have a great week. I want to ask you, who in your life needs to hear this story today? Go ahead and share it with them. And if you love this show, leave me a rating and a review on iTunes. Head over to orchidstory.com if you want more from Orchid Story. And remember, your story is your strength.